Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Double teams. Double teams is the major major point. Uh, um, I mean, those double teams help Adam and KJ get open. You know, they get those one-on-one battles when I'm getting double, triple teams. So, uh, you know, whenever whenever the whole the whole line is getting that man-to-man, um, you know, we're we're all up for for grabs. You know, uh, he can throw the ball to each one of us, and uh, we always feel confident in our game to get open. And uh, Coach Coach Keenan, our coach, uh, definitely you know stressed that on us to to always be open and uh, give Kirk an easier throw. Justin Jefferson talking after the Vikings win against the Saints, in which he had a great game. Basically, I think he was singled a lot against um, Saints outstanding Pro Bowl cornerback Marshawn Lattimore on Sunday, but Jefferson played great. It is Mackie and Judd. I am Judd. He is Declan. Mackie out uh, today and probably Tuesday uh, taking care of some personal business with his family. And so uh, hopefully back, if nothing else, by Wednesday. But Declan, you know what this is? Statements. The Statements Monday. I love Statements The Statements Monday, Monday, and it's going to revolve around uh, the game that we all watched from London Sunday morning. Vikings and Saints. The Vikings are 3-1. and The Vikings could definitely be playing better. That being said, they're 3-1. and So, start us off. What is your first statement off that tilt? My first statement after the Vikings are now 3-1 and on the season is, that's more like it. When it comes to Justin Jefferson, that is more mm. like it. So mm. uh, a, a 10 catch performance, 147 yards. I know he didn't find the end zone, but hauled in the 41 yard grab that really put the nail in the coffin uh, to get the Vikings a win. Uh, 13 targets, 147 yards, 14 yards per catch after being held in check the last few weeks. Um, finally wakes back up and has a big performance. And that's the type of uh, performance you need from Justin Jefferson on the season. He is still projected projected here. To have 119 grabs, 1,600 receiving yards, nine touchdowns, and this is not a nitpick, it still feels like that could be bigger. It still feels like there could be more to that. And if you would have told me a wide receiver is going to have 119 catches, 1,600 yards, and close to 10 touchdowns by the end of the season, I would take that every time. And yet it still feels like there is more to give there in the yards. There's more to give there in the receptions. Um, Kirk targeted him. Again, really happy that he targeted him 13 times and he hauled in the, the big grab. But that's more like it. That's what that's what you need this Vikings offense to have. It has to funnel through the wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, and then everything else is secondary. So that is more like it. First of all, let me applaud the Saints because I love it when you have a big-time Pro Bowl corner who says, give me Jefferson. Give me Jefferson. Now, 
Jefferson had a very good game, but that was fun to watch. Uh, and yes, the the thirty nine yard reception was absolutely great. Great throw by by Kirk. Um, you know what my stance to your point would be, and I think the Vikings started to figure this out really pretty well in, in the Detroit game, and then certainly yesterday is if they're going to try and take Jefferson away, you've got to make him pay. Thielen can do that. KJ Osborne, I still think can. Now, now he is not, and he is, you know, clearly the third guy. KJ Osborne, though, has not done much because his opportunities have certainly been limited this season. But all of that being said, I think one of the things that's a work in progress that's starting to take some shape decks is how the ball is going to be distributed, uh, depending on how Jefferson is being covered. And and, and when I say things like Jefferson is open even when you think he's not. I'm talking about what um, KOC was able to do yesterday as well, which is get him in a position to make plays and catches. But I do think as far as the distribution of the ball from Kirk goes, I think we are now starting to see how, how this might take shape. And this is where having three outstanding to very good receivers is huge. This is why I am still fairly bullish on the offense. Defense, I'm concerned about. <laughs> the offense, I'm bullish. I, I think that they are going to be, I think they're going to be fine, and I think the passing game has way more to go. And really, it's going to come down to how much can O'Connell and Kirk scheme together, and how, how much can O'Connell consistently get Kirk to do what he wants. And, and is O'Connell going to get to a point two decks where where he's going to draw a line because he realizes, because I think he's smart enough to do this, that there is probably a point where you're overstepping your bounds with Kirk and you just don't trust him enough. So it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. In fact, you know what? That leads me to my next statement. Off of your point. Uh, my next statement is this. I am concerned. Mm. I am concerned. This is not about the defense yet. I'm concerned that Delvin Cook might be close to being cooked. As far as oh, what we knew. As far as what we knew. So he's still a contributing player. And I think he's a very, um, I think he certainly brings things. Guy can pick up a block for sure. Yeah. He can still run. I mean, he, but, you know, and I, we, we talked about this on uh, Ventline on Sunday. And I don't, don't know if you agreed with me or not, but. You know, Dalvin had that special gear, and I don't think it was as high of gear, but it was probably fairly close to what Adrian Peterson had for all those years, right? Foot in the ground, and you're gone. You know, 75 yards, 80 yards. I don't see that gear now, and I'm not surprised. He's aging. For I mean, I mean, for his position, wear and tear-wise, and with how much the dude has been hurt, Dex, it's a lot to take on. Um, I don't know. I still think he has first through, let's say, third, possibly fourth gear. But, you know, he used to have that fifth gear. Bang, gone. I don't see it. And I'm, afra- and I'm afraid that it's not a short-term, oh, it'll come in week, you know, seven or eight. I'm fearful that it's wear and tear, and the guy's been hurt a lot. So, so far this season, Dalvin Cook has 72 touches. Uh, 63 rushing attempts. He has nine receptions, 
Longest play for Dalvin Cook in those 72 touches is 16 yards. Yeah. 16 yards. Yeah. Um, He's been fine. 4.4 yards per carry. You know, he's averaging about 70 yards per game, which is below his career average, but you, you would still take that in today's NFL. But there is an explosive gear that is missing there. Um, now he's missed, you know, he's due to miss about two to three games a season. And it was actually, I'm a little surprised he progressed so um, impressively that he was able to play and still was fine yesterday against the Saints. But you need, if you're going to pay a running back that much money, you need him to be explosive. And this is yeah. the cautionary tale, probably, of why you don't pay running backs. You know, the Packers are using Aaron Jones a little bit more now, but they paid Aaron Jones. Should they have paid Aaron Jones all that money? Maybe not. I wouldn't pay a running back. So, yeah, you need more explosive plays from Dalvin Cook. You absolutely do. And I told you guys this. I, I believe I told you after week one, the win over the Packers, that that gear was not there. And in week one, that gear should be there. Like, that's week one. You're healthy. You're as healthy as yeah, you are be. going to be. And, yeah, I just watch it. And, and you know, there is that very special thing that that a few guys have for a brief time where it's like, they're here, they're here, they're gone. I don't see they're gone, the they're gone portion. So Yeah. Still projected for, you know, eleven hundred yards in the season if yeah. he kept up this pace, which again is fine. It's, that's a pretty good season, especially for running back now and nowadays. But yeah, there's there's an explosive play that's missing. He, um he's paid too much to be fine. Correct. Correct. Uh I'll give you an offensive nitpick here as well. Let's put the Herb Smith hype to bed. But you know we we've been we've been waiting and we have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and we've been projecting and predicting that this is the year of Herb Smith. It he's just a guy. Herb Smith is just a guy. He's a jag. Just a guy. He's just a guy. He's a jag. He is just a guy. Okay, he had a very impressive rookie season, a really good college career. Um, battled some injuries his second year. Obviously missed all of last season with the meniscus injury. And hey, those injuries may have caught up to him, and that's that maybe limited what we thought he could be. Herb Smith is just a dude, man. Um, he is not a game-changing tight end. He's not a game-changing player. He's good for three to four catches, maybe 35 yards, maybe gets you some separation and can haul in a red zone touchdown here and there. But let's put the Herb Smith hype to bed. He's, he's, he's just a guy in this offense. He's just a guy most likely in any offense. Um, you're probably going to move on from him in the offseason, and you won't miss a wink of sleep. He's just a guy... He can help out this Vikings offense. We're waiting for the Vikings offense to get to the next gear because it's still been a little bit of lackluster through the first four games despite them being a 3-1 and football team. But the Herb Smith hype, there's no hype. We're seeing who Herb Smith is. He is just a guy in this offense. I'm sorry, Judd. Do you remember how long I've talked him up for? He's on your Mount Rushmore of Judd... Um, projections of, of of guys you thought were going to be very, very and, special and, players. And here's the sad thing. I think you're exactly right. You don't say that to me much often. You no, know. I don't. No, you know. I don't. Because I don't think it a lot. But in this case, I think it. I think you're exactly right. All right. My next statement is actually brought to you by my friends at Spiral Light Candles. Do you know the purple positivity? Purple positivity candle in play, ladies and gentlemen. Three and one. You Don't tell me this team is not playing well. I don't want to hear it. You know what I do want to hear? That four games in, the Vikings have won three games, and that is a reason to go to SpiralLightCandles.com. And first of all, look around, because what you're going to find is candles that are Absolutely awesome. Aroma is great. They're a great gift for birthdays. 
um, and anniversaries. You think of of a special day. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody in your life that loves candles, I'm going to tell you right now, Spiral Light Candles is the place to go. But if you are a fan of the purple and you right now are like, they're three and one. This is great. But you know what? These games, Declan, nail biters. And so on game day, it's tough. I'm, I'm uptight. I'm pacing around. I don't know what to do. Light the candle, baby. I'm nervous. Light it up. Purple Positivity Candle will help you. Help <laughs> you have a clarity. Help you relax. Help you enjoy another Purple Wind Spiral Light Candles deca. I love it. All right. My next statement is this. I'm going to go with a positive here. Okay. My statement is, that was textbook. Hmm. What am I talking about? Well, wait, what are you talking I about? am talking about the opening drive. Uh-huh. Which was probably scripted, okay? Yep. But that opening drive in London against the Saints, 13 plays, 75 yards, consumed 6 minutes, 48 seconds, Cousins, 7 of 9, Cousins, 67 yards, and it ended with a 15, well, it ended with a short pass to Madison that he then turned into an impressive 15-yard touchdown run. Yep. And by the way, I think he should probably play more. Um... That was textbook, though. And look, we can certainly say, yeah, and why didn't they do that more? And I don't disagree with you. It would be nice. But I thought that that drive showed sort of a snippet of what this can be. Mm -hmm. Time-consuming. Again, Kirk, 7 of 9, really well orchestrated, really taking control. Uh, And so I watched that drive, and I thought – and. A year ago, it frustrated me because that offense should have been far more established. And it's like the scripted plays were all you had. In this case, I watch that and say, okay, this is part of what O'Connell's long-term vision for what this offense can do. It was textbook. I really liked it. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, you don't want to get fallen into the trap of the scripted plays. And that's what we saw from the Vikings last year, and then they hit adversity. And, you know, I know Phil talked about that on Purple Daily, which you can also find um, that, yeah, things are going to get murky sometimes. You know, the scripted play will be great, and then after that, how do you rebound? Might be a little bit of ugly. There could be a three and out here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you got you to be impressive with that. They come out with a game plan, and they execute it right away. Set the tone. Set yeah. the tone with Set a the nice tone. offensive, offensive too. drive. Yeah, well, time that. of possession advantage right there. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, all right, my next statement here. Oh, you double like Batmaning that? yourself. Double Batman. I'm more of a Nightwing guy. I've told you about this. I, I liked more Nightwing than I did uh, yeah. the other Batman and Robins. I'm fine with that. John does not want I to don't. know anything about that. There's a new Black even, Panther trailer. I, I could go on a whole nerd yeah, I don't. Uh, um, uh, a segment right here, I but don't. I won't. I can't. Uh, my statement is, is I love Zadarius Smith. So Zadaria Smith with uh, a limited amount of snaps yesterday, just 24 snaps. That was just 40% of the defensive snaps that he played in yesterday. But despite playing in a limited role, still a sack, still a couple quarterback hits, mm-hmm. a couple more pressures through four games. Zadarius Smith already has up to seven pressures on the season. He's looking more and more like he was when he was the All-Pro with the Green Bay Packers, a guy who had double-digit sacks and was terrorizing Kirk Cousins uh, for years in Green Bay, uh, before that obviously being in Baltimore. Zedaria Smith, even in a limited role, was causing havoc on the defensive line and making a quarterback's life hell. I wanted Andy Dalton's life to be more hellish yesterday. Yes, you did. But you know what? Even in limited snaps, 
Darius Smith stepped up. He has been one of the best bargain contracts. It was a nice little risky play to, for the Vikings to do. They brought him in last second after a weird failed physical thing, and there's questions about a back. But there's two injuries that always scare me the most, Judd Zolgad. It's head and back. Oh, head yeah. and back. Uh, absolutely. Backs are uh, terrible. That, that's terrifying. But so far, he's 30 years old. And when he's been on the field, even yesterday in limited snaps, yep. he is finding ways to terrorize quarterbacks on the season so far. Three sacks, nine tackles, uh, five quarterback hits, six tackles for a loss. He's doing everything you wanted him to do. 24 snaps, so yeah. Yeah, he's Good been great. He's been great. So I love Zedaria Smith. It's been a great signing for the Vikings defense. Okay, that's a great point. And that leads me to my next uh, a statement. Go ahead. <laughs> I need more. From, if it's uh, Batman and Robin, you take your pick. If it's the dynamic duo, <laughs> Daniil Hunter, okay? Okay. We, we talked about this on Purple Daily as well, and I understand, at least through the Lions game, he graded out well. And so I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's not a bad player. But I don't remember a stretch of games where, I, and I mean, this guy, pre-injury, was dynamic. And keep in mind, too, so when he came back off the neck problem, the, the neck surgery that cost him 2020 before he got hurt in 21. Just a tweak. Just a tweak. Yeah, yeah, just a tweak. Uh, he had, I through like six or seven games, he had like five or six sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Last year. I need to hear his name more. I need to see him more. He made the great tackle when Dalton uh, tried to score, I think, inside the five-yard line on Sunday. Daniel made a great play to stop him. I think that was the only time that I really saw 99 stand out that entire game. It's two consecutive games now in which, just to be clear again, I'm not saying he's playing poorly. I'm saying I'm not hearing his name. I'm not noticing him. And I don't know if this is injury. I don't know if this is schematics and he's not being used correctly. So I'm not even assessing blame here to him. I'm just saying, when you have a player who is potentially this good, Declan, and to your point, you know, Smith putting up some statistics. Yeah. Like, like I, you are. You're noticing him. It feels like you are noticing Zadarius Smith more than Daniil Hunter at this point. Yeah. Um, I need for Ed Donatel to find a way for this defense to, to feature Daniil Hunter Moore. It feels like he is far too often for the talent he possesses, MIA. I agree. You, you thought those were going to be your bread and butter. That was your double dragon, another nerdy reference for you there. Uh, that could potentially be the bread and butter of the defense that gets after the quarterback. Zedaria Smith has led it to his end. Daniil Hunter hasn't been you know, a detriment. It's just there seems like there's so much more to his game. There is. We were talking on Purple Daily that there's so much more to this offense. And in fact, we still see that this offense could even be a sleeping dragon, if you will. The defense, for the most part, we know who who the defense as a whole is. But there's clearly a gap with Daniil Hunter that there is. Where, where is where is the pass rusher that was one of the best in the league, basically, before the tweak and before the neck injury from two right. years ago? And, and I mean, this might come down to he's not being used correctly. It might come down to it's going to take him time mm-hmm. uh, to to actually define a role. But I'm just saying this is the type of player that I'm. I am shocked that four games in we have not heard his name called more. Yeah, it's strange. Mm-hmm. It's strange. All right, I'll give you another statement here. My statement is seriously, guy. Chris Boyd. 
So uh, Chris Boyd did, did make a very nice play in special teams uh, yesterday, helping force, I believe, that fumble. And recovered it. And recovered it. But Chris Boyd took a Twitter on Sunday evening and said, we have some ungrateful fans. Yeah. I don't blame, I don't be on the internet looking for this bleep, but we won. And some were still complaining. We got a big W. We're 3-1. and one. Yeah. STFU. Please find another team if you're not satisfied or STF. Not smart. Okay. Chris, buddy, you made a good play on special teams. You are down the depth chart of the pecking order of what you can tell Vikings fans. If, if, if Justin Jefferson wants to come out here and be the one to say, hey, let's, let's wake up a little bit here. Like, we're 3-1. and one, Let's be thankful. That holds more merit. Chris Boyd, yep. you're a roster fringe guy. Nice play against the special teams. Good for you, dude. Stay off the Twitter machine. Stay off the tweets. Stay off complaining about fans right now. In my, in the, in the best advice my father ever gave myself, you worry about you. Don't worry about anyone else. Chris Boyd, you worry about you right yeah. here, man. Don't be worried about Vikings fans. Don't be worried about going out there and putting people on blast for it. You worry about you, Chris Boyd. There's no need for you to go on Twitter and then flame fans when it's Chris Boyd. You know, I I just don't understand the the a guy like that going out there to to flame out Vikings fans. Yeah. Um, first of all, did you not learn from Bashad Breeland last year? Yeah, exactly. You know, you have uh and I would imagine, I would hope that, that this is going to get him a talking to. Chris Boyd is very, very flamboyant to your point for a guy who is a depth guy. Yeah. You know, if Patrick Peterson wants to frame this up yes. in a way of saying, hey, you know, three and one's not bad, folks. Uh, no STFU. But, you know, hey, guy, hey, hey, fans. Uh, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Justin Jefferson. Again, I'd be, okay. Thielen. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Chris Boyd. And this is where Chris Boyd drives me crazy. He doesn't, and, and you see this, he doesn't, like he is, a, he can be a valuable roster guy. Uh, but yeah, when you're taking the lead, that indicates you think you're really good. And unless you're really good, don't tell people, don't tell your, and, and, and I retweeted that and I got some great responses of, Chris, you're fairly new here. You know, we've lived with this crap for a while. So, yeah, I, I don't think that you're in a place, um, especially how he went about it. Perhaps if he had said something about, hey, you know, we are 3-1. and one and, But, yeah, that note should rub Kevin O'Connell the wrong way. It's just welcoming outside noise that you don't need, right? Yeah. You just don't need that. So, I uh, I tend to agree with you completely. All right, my next statement. I'm concerned. Again? I'm concerned again. Part two. This time, again, about a player, though. It's not about, like, the team. Lewis Seen, first-round draft pick. Um, leg, ankle, potentially, lots of things. Uh, I, I mean, somebody tweeted, so so uh, uh, the crew didn't show that again, which is fine. They, they should not. You never need to see a guy's leg snap, okay? Uh, yeah, I agree, man. Somebody tweeted it uh, out, and I saw it from afar, and it was sort of grainy, so like I couldn't tell exactly. But his leg bent the wrong way completely and looked like it buckled in doing so. It was bad. It's really bad. Um, he's not just done for 
the year. I guess I, I question, you know, with the potential recovery with what this could be, if he's back at some point next year. It's fair to say this, too. When your leg does that, are you ever back to being who you were? Like, there, there's just, and I'm... E.J. Henderson. Yeah, exactly. And I hope, and and Seen's a young man, and I hope he's absolutely fine. But I'd be lying to say after seeing that, and when you have to be taken in London for surgery and stay there, I mean, they are worried. that That's not just, a, oh, man, it's a little... So I am concerned about the Vikings' first-round pick and his future based off that. Mm-hmm. I, I know it, it had been a slow start, but, you know, we talked about this a bunch. We were all definitely still hopeful that he could play at some point. Well, he's not going to now. And uh, when you see that, it's not Teddy probably, Dex, but it's far too close. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It, that's a that's such a freak injury, and you know ACL tears happen. This is a you know this is a significant. This is next level type of injury, and a guy who is fighting to get on the field and trying to make his mark on special teams. And you know we've kind of been wondering where has Lewis seen been? He was one that he was he's great. He was this great player at Georgia. Um, why hasn't it been able to translate on the field? Really, Josh Metellus, and good for Josh Metellus being one of the best-graded players, but really he can't beat out Josh Metellus and figure out ways to get on the field. Um, and it's unfortunate. I hope the guy's going to be okay. But, yeah, you are probably lost your rookie for the season. We'll see what his um, offseason and surgery look like going forward. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one here. Uh, my statement is you got to get six. you got to get six. Lewisine actually wears numbers, er, is number six, isn't he? I believe he is. I think you're right. Yeah. But this has nothing to do with Lewis. You are correct. Uh, Got to get six. The Vikings red zone trips this season. Oh, okay. Not not great. Not great so far uh, in terms of red zone touchdown scoring percentage. Right there, actually. Let me let me hit you with the football. The Vikings are scoring touchdowns just forty six percent of the time when they enter the red zone. That is twenty sixth in the NFL behind such teams like the Bears, the Giants. The Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's not good. The Cleveland Browns. Yep. Um, you know, you you got to be better inside the red zone there. Um, the the Vikings, when you get down there, you have to figure out ways to get six. And Kevin O'Connell yesterday was getting frustrated, I think, with the lack of either missed throws or missed opportunities uh, from the Vikings offense that wasn't able to cash in and get six points. You get two, you get two touchdowns instead of two field goals there. It's a completely different game. It's a completely different game. So I don't think you can afford as an offense to be 46% in the red zone and good for Greg Joseph for being able to nail some kicks. Judd gave him the biggest chunk of pie chart we've ever seen on Purple Daily. And the special you can teams I give a huge chunk to. Huge, huge amount of praise. Pecan Matt Daniels, pie. maybe a future NFL coach right there. But uh, so far, the Vikings are 46% in the red zone. Conversely, last year, they were 62%. Yeah. They were actually pretty solid in the red zone last season. Um, but right now, forty six percent got to be a little bit better. You got to go get six, right? And if uh, just you know, as an example of two of them, one is I think it was uh, Justin Jefferson was called for the pick on what what would have been a touchdown pass in the red zone to KJ, uh, which I think ended up instead with a field goal, and then on the one play where where um, Cousins threw short to Thielen, who got stopped, Jefferson in the on that play, after that came, I think one play after Cousins threw the pass slightly behind Justin, who didn't catch it. On the next play, he throws short to 
Thielen. Justin Jefferson's in the back of the end zone, flailing his arms, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's it's things that need to be cleaned up. It's things that need to be cleaned up. The 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 red zone is all about what execution, because it's a tight spot. It gets tighter and tighter, so it's hard. It can be difficult. But um, I thought it was interesting too, and I liked it. But Jefferson one thousand percent showed his frustration on that one play, right, Declan? Yes, yeah. he was open back there, and he knew it. And I think he, I think he was. Frustrated because, again, if I'm not mistaken, the previous play was the pass that was a little bit behind him. Probably should be caught. Not a great pass, but he can catch that. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, the red zone to me is all about execution and tidying things up. All right. Here's my next statement. All right. Before I give you before you give that statement, when you're in the red zone, Judd, you know what you should do? What's that, Dex? Chill out a little bit and put on your chill boys. Oh, I love it. Whether it's your performance brand. on. Or your bamboo fabric. Yep. I think the bamboo, if you want to be a little bit more chilled, if you want to be more riskier, then you put the performance brand on. I won't divulge any more after that. Thank you. Uh, but chillboys.com. Use promo code SCORE, SCORE15, 15% off your underwear. I love that they come jet in the nice little freshly sealed Ziploc baggie. Yep. How much under, I mean, think about that. How neat is that that underwear comes in a nice Ziploc baggie for you? I love that feeling. And And not just like four of them crammed together but each one in its own small bag and you know what i've got on right now and i won't show you my purple chill boys oh god yeah don't show us victory monday victory monday you want purple you want to wear all purple that's right chill boys purple boxers are great all right here's my next statement give him his chance i think we're to the point now with dalvin banged up and definitely not, you know, he's, again, he's not a detriment, but he definitely does not look like the old Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison yesterday, Declan Goff, three carries for three yards, while Cook, 20 carries for 76 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting a 50-50 split yet, but I am suggesting that I think Madison, who, by the way, on the 15-yard touchdown that, that he caught from Kirk and then and then did most of the work himself, that was a really nice play. Uh, he's fresh, healthy as far as I know. Give him a chance. Give him more, or, to put this probably the most accurate way I can, give him more of a chance. I'm not saying he's going to take Dalvin's place, but I don't know that with Cook playing with a bad shoulder, that the that the carries being that one sided towards Cook is necessary. Yeah, it just it seems like NFLs are doing much more running backs by committee. Um, it's it, it's not a, a, a old bell cow running back who's going to touch the ball twenty five for thirty times and run up the a gap. Right, you have to figure out ways to get all those running backs involved and with Wong Wu and Madison. Um, Wong Wu has been pretty much non existent in the Vikings offense. He's been very solid on kick returns and good for him. Um, but you might want to start mixing things up a little bit. Madison's not as explosive as Dalvin Cook, so I still want Dalvin getting, you know, 70 to 80% of sure. the snaps if, if you want to d- d- divide it down that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but clearly there's a gear missing with Dalvin Cook. You know, we talked about that earlier, that 4.4 yards per carry. It's still solid, but he's only getting, you know, his longest play has only been 16 yards this season. So you'd like to see him get a little bit more touches so far um, or get bigger touches uh, going forward. But yeah, Dalvin Cook missing a little bit of a gear. Get everyone else involved. Get Alexander Mass involved. There's ways to get plenty of different players involved. The Chiefs are the perfect example, right? 
Yeah. Uh, that, uh, right. you know, they have, teams are. They, they have numerous running backs, including my guy Jarek McKinnon, figuring out ways to get involved in that offense. The original Jet, right? The original Jet. Love Jarek McKinnon. Love that he's thriving in Kansas City. All right. Let's transition, unless you have more Vikings. I do not have more Vikings. Uh, okay. But you can I'm go to the Purple Daily YouTube channel uh, for more Vikings takes and uh, hottest Vikings take. Phil uh, gave his hottest take from a car. Let's just, yes, let's he just did. Say well, you know what? All right. Mackie and Judd, we continue on with some more uh, statements. Let's see. Where should we go next? Where should we go? The Twins? No. Who cares anymore? Twins are just a massive bust. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Goldie, come on in, Goldie. Come on in. Hold on. Goldie, come in here. Come in here. Let's talk. Spin the head. Goldie's in here. Spin the head. Go- Spin the head. Goldie. Spin your head. Spin your head. Don't choke in a big game. Don't choke in a big game. Oh, wait, you did. Um, oh, God. Right, I am. I, honest to God. That's a car crash. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's. So. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? Where, to you, PJ Fleck. Where do we even start? Where do we. And I know, okay, first of all. I miss Phil here more than on the Viking stuff because, you know, you were, well, you're off probably now. You had jumped on. I jumped on. You had jumped on the bandwagon as it was going down the street at about 50 miles an hour, which was an impressive leap by you. Uh, and now you're probably off, and I don't blame you. I'm not. But, I mean, you at the end of the day, you're like, okay, whatever, probably. Um, Phil, I would, I can't wait to hear his reaction, but for me, (laughs) when it comes to Irv Smith and your statement, I'm disappointed in myself because I mean, I was buying Irv Smith stock. You were? And I mean, I feel pretty stupid, but I mean, it happens, right? Right. Yeah. Um, because there had been no previous performance to base my judgment on. And I thought Irv Smith was going to be good. And I think you're right. He's a jag. He's just a guy. When it comes to the Gophers, I'm 52. Yep. Um, I have mm-hmm. been watching this program since 1978. Mike Honesy, I believe, was my first quarterback. Uh, Marion Barber was the first running back. The old man who played for the Jets. Great player. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I have seen every permeation of Gopher football in the last 40 plus years. And my comments, I mean, you talk about old tweets exposed, old takes exposed. Oh, yeah, there'll be some. Oh, my God. My comments in the last two weeks, and especially last week, coming off the Michigan State game, are an absolute, uh, they're awful. They they are absolutely inexcusable. And so I'm just going to start with this statement. Shame on me. Shame on me for Mm. believing that the Gophers would be different. Shame on me for for thinking, oh, they, you know, going to East Lansing, that's impressive, right? Now, now Michigan State might not be that good, but still, that's impressive. I think this team might be better than 2019. <laughs> Shame on me for going to that game on Saturday with the expectation that the Gophers not would not only just win, but would cover a double digit spread. Oh. Um I ran into, I'm not gonna name him. I ran into a friend of ours before the game. Okay. Prominent. Prominent friend of ours. Okay. Who certainly knows go for football up and down. Okay. 
You know, I'm like, okay, hey, what's going on? They should win today, right? You know, just confident, though. Arrogant of me. Not not like I'm nervous How about it. How many beers it. were you going to have to tailgate at this point? Because you had to tailgate. I only had one because okay. I went into the press box. Okay, good for you. So I, I, I held myself to one beer. Um, and so I said, hey, you know, should win today, huh? But it was arrogant. It, it wasn't. It was like, yeah, it's going to be cakewalk. For me. Idiot. And oh, this and this person said, yeah, you know, the problem is every time we get to this point, something happens. And so you always have to say things like, the Gophers look fantastic, but. And, and I'm like, yeah, but I, I mean, they're, they're going to win today. Um, and this was after somebody else at the tailgate had said, Judd, how do you feel about this game? I'm really nervous. And I'm like, nah, nah, not this one. Don't be nervous about this one. Okay. What type of complete imbecile who has watched this program for that long choke in every which way, every which way, gets arrogant, haughty, hubris. You pick your word. I did it. And, And so did Phil. But I did it. Yep. And I'm older than Phil. Yep. Sports dad. You should know better. Sports dad. Than Phil. Sports dad who offers... Free therapy on Purple Daily, yep. on Mackie and Judd. Evening Judd. Judd's Hockey Show. Evening Judd, morning Judd, afternoon Judd. What were you and they did exactly what they do. And you know what? Here's the thing that disgusts me. And this is where, so there was a ton of pushback. Uh, honest to God, Dex. Ton of pushback on Twitter. Oh, boy. Don't lose faith now. There's still a chance. It's only one loss. Um... Let me make this very clear, okay? They didn't show up. Yeah. And that's what disgusts me. That's what disgusts me. And don't don't tell me it's a bunch of college kids. First of all, they play Division One football. It's yeah. a business. Okay? So don't give me this. Well, they're college kids. You can't be tough on them. Tanner Morgan is almost my age now. Um, they've got a seventh-year player, okay? So don't give me this crap about, well, I mean, come on. No, don't be so hard on them. No, they deserve it. They didn't show up. That game was poorly coached by PJ. Everything about that game was ridiculously inept. Um, and for me to have sat there all last week oh, in the home office mm. with all my pennants and bobbleheads, bobbleheads and baseball beers. cards and beers and to told you, oh, it's different this time. You know what? Sports dad needs to check himself, Declan. Yeah. Oh, I am disgusted with, I come to you, I come to all of you today, not just Declan, I come to all of you out there, and I beg for your forgiveness, for Sports Dad lost his way. I need to go to Sports Confession. How long has it been since your last Sports Confession? I haven't ever gone, really, because right. I've never been so stupid as I was. I need absolution from the gods. Wow. That's a little sermon right there for you. I mean, I, th- I think he just went to. Th- I think he just went to therapy. Dis- I'll charge I'm dis- you. I'm disgusted with myself. Your insurance and group info. Um, but yeah, that that stunk, dude. Um, it's Purdue. I uh, I think their first win over the Gophers since 2007. I think I saw on nine, on, on the nine, screen. I right? think, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's been ten plus years since yes. you since you've uh, lost to Purdue. And then also, I mean, I guess like the statement, you know, within the statement. Like what? What the hell happened with Mo Ibrahim? What happened? I know there was maybe an ankle injury last week. He's dressed, he's warmed up, and then he just doesn't play. And I, I'm sorry, 
PJ, spare me the BS. Spare me the protection that they're college players. Get up on the podium and tell me why your star running back wasn't able to play, you clown. I don't need I don't need to hear that this oh a plead the fifth BS. Get up there and tell me why one of the best running backs in football is sitting out against this slappy team. He is your offense right now. Tanner Morgan's having a great year. Kirk Sirak is yeah. back. Yep, that's awesome. Mo Ibrahim's your offense. And then you're going to go up there and just not tell us why because you have the right to do so. Screw you, dude. Screw you. You had a fans finally show up. The student section at least showed up in this weird color scheme, and they showed up for you, and you can't give us a reason why Mo Ibrahim won't play? The lack, and this goes beyond Fleck, okay? And the golfers. Well beyond them. The lack of mandating injury reports in college football is inexcusable. You run a major business, and don't tell me you don't. These are not, you can't make them amateur athletes when you want. I don't care if they're paid. I don't care I, that, that they, they aren't paid salaries. They play and bring in millions and millions of dollars, okay? Right. So how can you, as as the whole sport, how can you have the Gophers, I think by the time that game kicked off, I think they were up to like 12 and a half point favorites, okay? Yeah. And to your, and so, so according to PJ, on the post game show with uh, with guard on radio, he said he had an injury, which which uh, you're you're right, I guess was reported as he tweaked his ankle against Michigan State or, or hurt it against them, and then he practiced on Tuesday a little bit, Thursday and Friday, so he'd gone through practice, and PJ said right before kickoff, the doctor said he can't go. I don't care. What I care about is how is there not an injury report where all week long he was listed with a, with at least some type of status, right? Full practice, limited. And then, just like with the pros, on Friday you should get a out, questionable, whatever. Um, but to have nobody have a clue that he might miss that game in, in a sport that brings in millions, if not ultimately the sport, billions of dollars? You're exactly right. And, and and that's beyond Fleck. That is the entire thing. It's a professional sport. Treat it like such. Yeah. And you do in every other way. You take all their money. You know, ain't no network writing a check to college football. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't really give, you know, we're an amateur. Here, cut that check in half. They're taking every cent, and they should. But I'm with you. That's ridiculous. But the no-show uh, just disgusting. And, I mean, Daryl Thompson, on at the end of the the uh, broadcast, said, they basically didn't show up. Yeah, they didn't show up. How and, about that? And, and bad, you know, bad turnovers. I get that. Uh, unlucky ones. Bounces off the other way. Completely changes the game if, if they haul in that first touchdown and it's not picked. But um, I, I just, I hate that. I, 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 I loathe that you preach this culture and this family and you have this group of fans that are finally showing up for you in masses and wanting to believe in you and getting bandwagon guys like me on. And then you, I, I don't have to tell you any. Like, dude. He's your best player. He is, he is your offense But have right your now. team prepared. And that's also true. And, and look, if Mo couldn't play, you knew you knew internally that chance existed, right? So you can't tell me, well, Mo didn't play, so we're screwed. That game was close. Yeah. And, and that is the exact type of game that good teams win. That's the exact – it's at home. Right. And that game was tied into the fourth quarter, right? They kicked a field goal and got a late touchdown. But that game was tied. That is a ridiculous loss. In fact, you know what? 
You want another one? Fire up the Batman. Okay. Because it's over. It's over. You're going to a crappy bowl. Or you're, you're going to a bowl. You're going to the pinstripe. You're going to a cute bowl game, which I don't care about. Uh, the Pasadena Dream, the path to Pasadena, which I coined last week and was actually, you know, toyed with the T-shirt idea. Um, it's over, and here's why. You ain't beating Penn State. Because I, I saw this. Well, the, everything is still in front of them. I hate that one. Everything is still in front of them. Okay, first of all, they bleeped the bed. Second of all, you ain't beating Penn State. And after what you just did, I could tell you this. Even if you upset Penn State, I don't buy that you're going to run the table. All right. There's another loss here. I mean, you know what? Illinois just kicked the living crap out, out of Wisconsin, yeah, which, which is not good. Got Paul Christ fired and and the former Badger coach, Brett Bielema, and the Illini are now going to be favored against the Gophers at home. Like, you could lose to them and Penn State. But the point is, if you win every game but one, and you go, and let's say you win, because this is still possible, the Big Ten West, you ain't beating the Buckeyes, right? So now you're going to have three losses at the minimum if you get there. You'll have two losses going in and three coming out. And all of a sudden, my dream of Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren is going to make damn sure that Minnesota can go to the Rose Bowl because they came out of the West is gone. The West is a joke. The West is as big a joke as the American League Central. It's garbage. It's crap. They're going to take either the second or third place team from the East, which which puts you in the Meineke Car Care Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl or, you know, the Buffalo Wild Wings Espresso Bowl. You ain't going to the Rose Bowl now. That killed that you just signed your Rose Bowl death certificate and don't give me this, you know, here's the thing. I don't get on your bleeping and you do this too. I don't we don't get we don't jump on the bandwagon to then be told when the damn thing goes off the bridge, oh no, stay on the bandwagon. You don't understand. No, I get it. I screwed up by ever believing in this crap. The student lot, our tailgate lot. I have never seen so many students. Yeah, it was a beautiful day. It's, and, and it's an 11 a.m. kick, Dex. Yeah, it's perfect. It's an 11 a.m. kick. Do you know how hard? I mean, heck, you're what, 29 now? Yep. It's difficult for you to get up. Yes, it is. I don't okay. do that. Yep. College kids, imagine when you were in college, yeah. 11 a.m. kick, which, by the way, ordinarily sparsely attended by students. They'll come to the game to a certain point, but like they ain't there early no. tailgating, enjoying drinks. Saturday, the tailgate lot that I'm in was nuts, and it was mostly students, or a lot of students. So don't give me now. It's all still in front of them. You don't understand. The fun train continues. The fun train just went off the tracks. Thanks, PJ Fleck. Thanks, Gophers. I should have known better than to trust anybody. Oof. You're hot right now. Yeah, I'm pissed off myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm really pissed off myself for believing... It would be one thing if they lost an incredible game. Shootout. You know, some it's just unbelievable football game. They no-showed the damn game, which ticks me off. And they sh- and they basically derailed themselves before they ever got started. And here I was being like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. Oh, boy. Can I give you, un- unless you, you've got one, I've got one more statement, and, and it's baseball. But it created quite a 
stir on Twitter. And okay, I'd like uh, to give it to you. you. Give it to me, and then I'm going to fire someone's ass after this. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I forgot to. Okay. I had it written down in my notes, dude. This is why we need Phil. This is why we need Phil. Of course, Phil forgets stuff, too. What am I saying? Um, all right. This created a stir on Twitter. But as a baseball sort of historian type of guy, I stand by it. Okay. And that's this. The statement is, give me the judge. I want Aaron Judge to win the Triple Crown. The twin season to me has been such a colossal bust now. that, the, And this is nothing personal. This is nothing against Luis Arise, who I really enjoy, for the most part, watching play. Not so much the error on Saturday in Detroit, but I want Aaron Judge to win the batting title, home run, which he has locked up, and I think he is pretty much or has locked up RBIs as well. Yep. But I but I got a lot of pushback on this. Give me Aaron Judge. Give me a triple crown. Arise is a nice story, but this season's so bad, and I just don't care at this point. I would rather have, in my lifetime too, and yours, only the second player to win a triple crown because Cabrera won one, I think, in 2012 with Detroit. Uh, I would rather have that than just to have a twin in a really disappointing year win a batting title. Uh, I guess for me, it, it, I'm split on it. I really doesn't affect me one way or the other. Um, it, it's pretty. It'd be pretty really cool, pretty damn cool if Aaron Judge pulls off the triple crown. Um, I have more of a nitpick with the whole he's now the true home run king and this is like the greatest home run season of all time, but we're omitting like a five-year stretch from the late 90s and early 2000s. We just pretend that didn't happen and that pisses me off way more than a Twins player or a Yankees player winning triple crown. Um, but I get it. Like I'd rather, you know, historically you should go with the judge factor. Um, but Twins fans were pissed at me. Yeah, I, I got a it. lot of pushback. Well, and look, the, uh, the, the, the Twins pocket protectors will use that arise thing as full steam ahead of me and that'll be one a talking point on opening day next year that we have the batting champion and and they're excited to talk to him and Luis arise has been an awesome hitter for them yeah it's a great story but uh doesn't matter i am so pissed the twins that uh i i've i have i pretend they don't exist i love your point though because you are right i love the fact that we have erased in our memory like 1997 through 2003. <laughs> it just, just it didn't just happen. Gone. You're exactly right. And, it's hilariously funny. And like to, to, to suggest that baseball was so pure mm-hmm. and the eras below it is just... Where amphetamines were like the... Yeah. Greenies were the big thing. Is is just the biggest load of crap right. ever. Um, and, and that's what I think ticks me that's off a hilar- the most. That's it's hilarious. Just, that's a great People point. that get so upset about that and, uh, and, and it's... It is not a coincidence. The people that defend that era are the all the same age group. No one under 35 years old is saying this is the greatest home run hitting thing of all time. No one is. It's the same 55-year-old white guys who've had Hall of Fame ballots for 15 years putting in the same well, it's fa- it's fans too, BS though. crap. Yeah, but, 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 right. but, but the gatekeepers are the 55-plus yeah. who... Just think baseball was built on apple pie and beer and hot dogs, and it's the biggest load of crap. So how how old were, were you in 98 with the McGuire Soul I was five. I, I don't remember really. Because I, I it rem- was one of the greatest things, yeah. and it saved baseball. It did. It did. Um, um, but yeah, you're, you're right. Well, we just can't. You don't know what guys were doing. You don't know, you know, the juicing. How It, it didn't just end at a few guys. There's a lot of guys who juiced probably who didn't succeed because they just weren't that good. Right. Exactly. So you're right.
You're exactly right. That's hilarious, though, because it is like, ah, yeah, this is the greatest year since Maris. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It's just simply not. Yeah. And the 60s weren't exactly the most pure decade either. Yeah, so it's absurd. All right. Let's fire someone's ass. OK, let's uh, let, let's let's do this. Baseball writers. You yeah. just made the list. <laughs> they are on the list. I should be firing them. Um, so every Monday, I like to fire someone's ass for my weekend of sports observations. Last week, uh, I fired the entire Fox pregame NFL countdown crew because it's just. And I hope you're feeling bad now. I don't. Because Br- Bradshaw came on yesterday and said he has battled cancer twice in the last year. Yeah. Poor guy. Okay. Yeah, and I feel I, terrible. I, for I hope you feel bad for yeah, him. Yeah, you do. I, Bladder I cancer, really and then I think he had a, a rare skin cancer. Okay. Um, well, uh, once again, though. Mm-hmm. With numerous bad teams out there, coordinators out there, bad quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's podium speech yesterday was classic, just clownish Baker Mayfield, who I who I loathe. Um, there's plenty of people I can fire, but I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow something I did last week. Uh, I'm not firing any coach. I'm not firing any owner. I'm not firing any coordinator. I'm not firing any player. I am firing that broadcast booth that I had to listen to yesterday in the Vikings and Saints game. It was terrible. It, it, the 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 Mark Sanchez Mark Sanchez have a like extra venti double espresso coffee before he turned on that microphone. I mean that dude was jacked for a Vikings and Saints game, and then the pandering, the pandering of oh you know we have a lot of field goals there. These fans in London love their kicks, don't they? They love to see kicks go up through the dude. Spare me. No one here. Is watching it. We're in America watching this. We're in the United States of America. Yeah, but there is a small portion convey. of soccer fans also watching this football game. Stop the pandering. The broadcast crew was crap. It was absolute crap. Why do we send those two clowns to London? Send a better crew than that. I don't want to listen to Mark Sanchez talk about that crap. It was awful. It was a terrible broadcasting crew. If I have to wake up to watch my favorite football team and set an alarm on a Sunday that is earlier than my workday alarm, I'm more upset about that. And I expect a top-notch product. Vinny was asleep for the first quarter. I wish I could have been Vinny. I wish I could have had the paws up in the air, not caring about this game. I had to listen to that crap, and I'm firing their asses. I can't stand them. So this is back-to-back weeks. You're like a media critic now, like I used to be. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I, I'm going to take Declan's, you're firing someone's ass, and I'm not just going to make an NFL because that, that limits me. And by the way, I'll run out of coaches. I will simply run out of coaches and coordinators. Um, and there, there's be well, and Matt Rule just deserves to be fired yes. every single week. So, like, I'm I'm with you. That's boring by and, now. And there were instances last year where I fired, like, the same coordinator a couple different yeah. times. Like, I, I'm going to expand this out to my sports observation weekend for the most part, okay? But, yes, I, this is the second straight week I'm firing a media crew. I, I can't stand them. I don't think Mark Sanchez is going to be doing this. No, he's not. At, good at least at it. in the booth, much longer. He strikes me as the type of guy who's going to get replaced. I, I don't. You know what? For a guy who played a position at which details are incredibly important, he doesn't tell you much. Yeah, like I want more. I want more observations of. Oh, I didn't think of that. He comes up with a lot of generic takes, which you know, dude, you're a quarterback, so. All right, Mark, that's uh, that's why Mark fire. Sanchez Mark and Sanchez. who who was the young play by play guy? He he sounded young. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who he was. <laughs> I want him fired. Mostly Mark Sanchez. I want fired. I want I want mostly Mark Sanchez. Hey, I got a fired. question for you. Yes, sir. Hold your your hand up again. Yeah. What's up with the? Uh, oh, I the the, the 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 sleeves have the thumb holes in them. Okay. It's technically a running shirt. You know, like you could run with this. 
I was just curious, and I was, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just put my thumbs in there sometimes. Um, so that's not on per- but I mean, that's not designed that way? No, it is, des- it is designed that oh, okay. way. The, 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 these are designed, you, you can run with these on, you know, to keep your hands a little bit warmer. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that, that, that's what that is. But you is. don't run, so you I just- don't run anymore. Um, I, I used to uh, be a, uh, I, I ran track in, in junior high and high school. Um, and then I started partaking in things that wouldn't let me uh, run very far and you fast. And you couldn't hard breathe anymore. anymore. Is that couldn't what you're trying anymore. to tell us? So, um, so I, I, I no longer could run the 400 as well as I used to when I was in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. By the way, 400 is still, in my opinion, the toughest race because it's the longest. I, dude, I drop over. It, it, it's, it's, in it's any basically case, so. a sprint. It's, it's basically, it's not a you know 100, 200 meter sprint because that's just the fastest of the fast. Okay. The 400 is one full lap, and you really can't take. A hundred meters off of of the lap, like you can't, you can't, so you can't, you can't slow lap. her down. Can't really slow it. It's it's basically a sprint with a one fourth of a mile, and it's it's hard as hell. So, I think his partner was Kevin Kugler. Okay, that's what it looks like. All right, take us home. We're done. All right, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Of course, we have our hottest and strongest Vikings take up on Purple Daily as well. We have Ventline. We welcomed about uh, over a dozen fans yesterday to talk uh, after the Vikings went up over the Saints and started 3-1 and one on the season. Realistic Randy Rance, before we die, a full slate of uh, content at your disposal right now on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll be back tomorrow. We got some bonus scoops with our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson. Plenty of stuff to get to. Hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. We'll be back tomorrow. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.